Afternoons, Saskatchewan, Jamie Nine, Drew Romendo with you here on the Green Zone. And now there's reports out of the NFL Combine that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. not expected to do any testing at the Combine either. Uh, so Caleb Williams isn't going to do any testing. And Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the top receivers, probably maybe top five pick, maybe number two in the uh, NFL draft. He'll also not do any testing. Um, Yeah. Make and the NFL I, uh, Combine uh, relevant again. Is it ever? Yeah. How am I going to know who the Raiders are going to pick if I don't know who ran the fastest 40 time? That's how, that's what happens at the NFL draft. Darius Hayward Bay. I forget the DB they drafted way too high in the second round. Um, Stanford Route, I do remember his name, was another high 40 guy, and L. Davis drafted him because he really, really liked fast players. Um. So yeah, there's it's the NFL Combine started in the uh, with the interviews and everything else that are going on. But some of the top prospects aren't going to do anything. They're going to wait till their pro days at their universities to show off their skills. Uh, Britton Gray, have you ever uh, participated in a combine? No, but every year, right around Ryder training camp, uh, we discuss probably the media doing something similar to a combine, just just to uh, have some fun out there. Like a reporter combine, reporter like things combine. we would do in our jobs, no, or no, actually no, no, like no, no. physical, athletic, like physical stuff. The the forty-yard uh, dash, so you can kick the longest field goal, punt, throw the ball the longest, something something similar to that. Who do you think would yeah. run the fastest between the three of us? I'm going me. <laughs> you, you joke. I am incredibly fast. For incredibly my fast for my stature. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, really. Um, Depends if my you, knee's good that day or not. Too. See, here's the... Oh, you and, okay, see, we are, okay, <laughs> this is why I think I'd I'd win, because you two have knee injuries that you aren't fixing. Um, When's the last time you ran a block? I, do you know how often I have to chase a six-year-old around? Oh, please. <laughs> that kid's quick. You wouldn't believe, okay. you wouldn't believe. If, he's smoking, if he's smoking you. No, I catch him. I catch him. <laughs> After a while. After a while. When, when he gets it's tired. His, it's his agility. Uh, he's, when his little six-year-old lungs give out, that's when he did. <laughs> Dad, uh, get back here. Come here. Help your old man. Oh, you boys are funny. <laughs> so, Drew, you think you'd beat us. I didn't say that. Oh, I've I've always been I've always been the guy that uh, does first and then talks later. So <laughs> the guy, the fact that you two, when's the last? Have you heard about these things called gymnasiums? Have you guys either of yeah. you heard about those things? Yeah, you have. I go to the gym when's all the, the time. It's time? where it's where my no, kids. No, 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 not it's where my not, kids no, have no, swimming lessons. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> when's the last time either of you worked out? Britain does all the time. He does. When's the last time either of you have worked out? Seriously Saturday. worked out? Saturday. Give me your give me your Saturday workout. Oh, Saturday. Let's see. <laughs> that would have been uh, pull day. So we had some deadlifts in there. Uh, How much you deadlift in these days, big boy? Oh, not enough. Have a bad knee. <laughs> 
<laughs> your knees aren't even involved in a deadlift. <laughs> got to bend. <laughs> no, you don't. If you're doing, if you, if you do art, well, just do straight leg deadlift. Straight leg. Ah, uh, close grip lat pull down. Get some curls in there. Britain is going to the gym. I, I can I, bring out my. I'll bring out my. He's got his works out. It's on his phone. He does all that of stuff. Of course he does. Yep. Of course he does. But he okay. cheats. He listens to music while he, he's uh, cardio. Any he cardio can. involved? Uh, run a mile for a warm up. What about your knee? Well, you you push through it for warm up because oh, okay. you have to make sure you don't get injured when you're lifting weights, Jamie. So I'm, and then I'm just, I I play broomball. Just knowing running. Just knowing. Just knowing what what people how people BS when they when they talk about their workouts, I'm going to say you run probably like a quarter of a mile for a warm up. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> you know this round table was beating up on Britain Day. <laughs> you guys brought it up, you two little you two little speedsters. <laughs> I didn't say I was fast. I just think I'm faster than you two in the uh, rules of the woods. Okay. Don't All you right. don't have to be the fastest. You just can't be the slowest uh, when you're running away from a bear. Uh, All righty. <laughs> By the way, the bear can run farther than 40, 40 yards, just in case you want to know. You just was it run downhill from a bear uphill? <laughs> what what's the what's the safety? <laughs> Who is will teach actually, people? Safety, the safety is actually oh, the just bear? play dead. Play no, dead. no, 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 no. I thought I thought that was the new thing with a grizzly with a grizz you, grizzly you play dead. Yeah. With a black bear, you you have to fight back. Well, if you are if you are uh, um, from Eastern European descent, like Habib, Mamadov, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just fight him. Yeah, you just, you just take him on. Yeah, if you're Eastern European UFC, UFC fighter, you just fight the bear. Doesn't matter what kind of bear it is. Yeah, that was uh, taught to me by the uh, an outdoorsman uh, who knows a lot more about the world than I do. Saved my life from a moose, actually. From teaching me the secrets of a moose, if it ever comes at you. You want to know the secret of a moose? If it ever starts charging at you, hit the ground no. and be still because they have terrible vision and think you just disappeared off the face of the earth. Swear to goodness, it happened to me in Cape Breton Island, and I did it, and the moose stopped dead in its tracks and just slowly wandered away because it thought I had disappeared off the face of the earth. I think it felt sorry for you. <laughs> There you go. Okay, uh, Britain, <laughs> you think someone is being disrespected outside of yourself when it comes to the heart trophy debate in the national. <laughs> I never said I'd be in the heart trophy debate. <laughs> no, I meant to like today. Um, who is that player that so, you well, think needs on. to wait, be discussed? Wait a one second. More? I was disrespecting both of you, not just not just not just you, Britain. Fair enough. At least you're <laughs> disrespecting us evenly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, not just in the Hart Trophy race, but as a guy, you, you'd never really get brought up as one of the top players in the league, despite the fact he leads the way. Nikita Kucherov. There, I don't think there's enough talk about the season he's having. 102 points? 50%? Seven points over the weekend? It's a pretty good weekend. Well, Austin wow. Matthews is getting a lot of the play. Um, he'd be my pick is Austin Matthews. Uh, he sounds like Steven Stamkos over here does Britain Gray saying Nikita Kucherov doesn't get enough respect. Your so-called hockey expert on this show has talked about Nikita Kucherov <laughs> for years about how great of a hockey player he is. We get Brian Engblom on 
every single season, two, three times a, year, a row, talking about, in each season, talking about how great Nikita Kucherov. This isn't about how much Drew Romanda likes Nikita Kucherov. No, it's this just, is no, the no, blowhards on, uh, you know, everywhere else that talks about Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid and Connor Hellebuck and everything else. Because the reasons why is because those teams are, are Canadian. And apparently you can't be a good um, NHL analyst unless you're talking about all things Canadian. And those guys are great players. But Kucherov has got something that, um, let me just double check my notes. Yeah, none of those guys have two Stanley Cups. And you're right, in the words of Nikita Kucherov, Britain is number one. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. When, when you're talking about when you're talking about not when you're talking about MVP and not talking about a guy who's got 102 points faster than McDavid got 100 points last year. That is incredible. But I agree that that's not being talked about enough on what Nikita Kucherov is doing. Instead, with let's those talk stats. about the fact he's. He stopped during the when he lost the puck. He didn't go very hard. Well, if he would now see that. now if he would have shown up to the All Star game with a little more effort, maybe we'd give him oh, a little yeah. bit more the respect in the Hart Trophy. All right, <laughs> the real decider in the Hart Trophy race <laughs> is the All Star game with with Justin Bieber out there. And if if though Tate McRae, was, he was there too. JF Jack, if we actually called it and and voted on it. The, the, the heart trophy for the actual definition most, valuable, most to valuable to his team and we let's exclude the goalie for this at, at this for just the sake of argument because i was going to say it's connor hellebuck it's connor, or it <laughs> yeah, could be pretty much or could be exactly it could be any pretty much any goalie whose team is in the top whose team is a really good team it could be any goaltender especially the one like hellebuck who's played more games than anybody else so we take we take the goalies out of it. If we just if we just looked at it as most valuable to his team as a skater, finger quotations, you would have a very good argument over it. Because a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we just like oh, he, who got the most points, who who is who who played better than anybody else, and we always think it's McDavid or Matthews. But Kucherov, McKinnon, is are two other guys that you look at. Kachuk. And what he means to that team, another guy you look at. There's a lot of guys that you could have a really good argument. Some of them playing for Vancouver right now as well. Thatcher Demko, well, but I'd be, you know. Well, with Kachuk was your vote last week because most yeah. valuable to his team. Yeah. But Nikita Kucherov, what is fifty percent? He's yes. goal or assist on fifty percent of Tampa Bay's goals yes. this year. Yeah. Yeah. What was the stat? He's only the fifth current active player as four plus one hundred point seasons. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a beauty. He's an absolute beauty. I'll be. In, it's it's going to be fascinating. I feel like the winner is going to be to the the hottest player. Like the week and a half before voting is submitted, is going to win the hard trophy. So we'll know in five six weeks. Whoever the hottest player at that time will be will probably swing the votes their way. Maybe it's still Kucherov. Maybe Austin Matthews hits seventy. Maybe Connor McDavid goes on an epic run all the way to the scoring race did title. Do you see what he said today? Yeah, he's going to stop shooting the puck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's just going to get the most assists. That's, <laughs> That's what, good. It was uh, Derek Van Deest of the, uh, I think he's the athletic now, um, asked him about not scoring a goal in nine straight games. And uh, Connor's like, yeah, I'm, just pa- I'm not shooting anymore. I'm just passing the puck. Um, that's That's it. Only I think he's got 23 I... points, though, in those nine games or something. Yeah. Or 21 assists in those nine games. 
still pretty darn only time good. I ever saw only time I ever saw him get mad at me is his his second year when I asked him in Florida about not shooting. And he went, you know, I've heard that my whole career. And I went, well, probably because you don't shoot the puck enough. <laughs> and, and then he, uh, I think he scored three that night. <laughs> See? Just going to get a little push. Now that Derek Van Deest asked the question, book it, Connor McDavid hat trick tonight uh, against the yep. uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, apparently the rule is uh, for a bear attack, It is if it's brown, uh, lay down. If it's uh, black, you fight back. That's the uh, rule of bears, according to our texters. <laughs> I just said grizzly, you lay down. Black bear, you fight. So there, yeah, I don't know if happy. I I don't know if I have a, if I have a bear storming at me. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to identify what type of bear it's going to be. Or just stay on the patios. It's stay in your car. It's a pretty good uh, philosophy. Those patios, they, they they look quite good this past weekend. Not so much anymore. Yeah, not today. Not, not today. today. No patio beers today. That's for sure. This is nine eighty. Really nice here. You could you could actually go to a patio here. It's actually a little cloudy, but it's really nice here. You could go probably go for a spring. nice run out there too, Drew. I already did. <laughs> How long did so you run? get? Uh, two hours. That's a complete lie, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, so 20 minutes. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKLM. Jamie Dodger, Amanda with you here in the green zone. Well, that case of vintage hockey cards uh, went for auction. It sold for, when it comes to Canadian dollars, uh, just over $5 million. 3.72 American, $5 million Canadian for the 1979-80 a set of Opeachy cards with the Wayne Gretzky rookies in them. How carefully, Drew, is this person going to open these packs of cards, you think? Like, how? Woody? That was Woody? the other question. Would you open it or would you just leave it be? Producer it, Scott's opening them and, like, instantly they get in the door. He's cracking that box open and going these, through them. Doesn't, does, doesn't it depreciate in value when you once you open them? Isn't that something that's a thing? But if you have a 10 grade in there, that can bring you individually $3 million. But if you're paying $5 million for the set, do you really, are you really doing it because you want to make more money or you just got too much damn money to think, hey, why don't I buy these things? It's an interesting question. We're going to uh, put it to the audience. Um, All right. All right. Maybe truth or trash I, Tuesday I tomorrow. Don't get it. I don't uh, get open, it. open it, or just keep it shut. Hey, this is the go. green zone. Jamie Niger, Ramenda, with you here on the green zone. Baseball fans who are intrigued in spring training, well, there'll be a big game tomorrow. Shohei Otani expected to make his Dodgers spring training debut Tuesday against the Chicago White Sox. And I don't think they're tracking any planes uh, to Florida. Uh, he's already there. Uh, so They'll be showing everything off at spring training. See-through pants. Those images, like some of the pictures. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I wouldn't leave my house if my pants looked like that. <laughs> it's... 
It's very risky. Who am I kidding? I wouldn't even wear them around my kids if I had pants <laughs> like that. No, no, not, no responsible parent would. Exactly. These guys are out there in spring training. It's like, hey, these are the pants they're giving us. These are the pants <laughs> I'm wearing. Pants we're get some, it's, unfortunately, on the hot days, like you're going to get some compression tights or something, you know? Well, just the Can't, shorts at least, right? The long, long one, the long yeah. compression shorts. Uh, but uh, Shohei Otani, Dodgers debut expected tomorrow against the White Sox. Get in the fast lane, frame off. The bingo game is ready to roll. It's time to drop the gloves. All right, Drew Remenda, let's uh, do that hockey. Um, Lindy Ruff playing the blame game when it comes to the Devils' power play uh, late last week. Did you did you see who uh, Lindy Ruff was blaming for the uh, Devils' power play, uh, Drew Remenda? I, I didn't see that. I uh, actually missed that one. And they when the tomorrow the New Jersey Devils are here in San Jose. Um, the uh, it doesn't help that you guys are uh, asking about it's putting even more pressure on them that. They're not performing well. So it was the media's asking about yeah. uh, the power play is part of the problem. The power play is not working. <laughs> it has, it, that power play should be working. That power play's got some talent on it. But power plays are power plays. I mean, it's, it's, um, I can't remember who was doing the game the other day, the Jersey game I watched. But anyway, and uh, they were talking about you got to simplify it. And, I, I I'm a big believer in in a real simple power play. Anyway, um, you want to don't you need you need movement? You, you, you need, need to move movement. around. You puck, need to puck moves, puck moves, players move, pucks to the net, quick, 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 quick. I mean, it's got to get to the net. You got to retrieve and you got to reengage, and it's just get pucks to the net because people are going to be there as well. Pucks and people recovery. Those are the three things. You need another yeah. P in there. Pucks, people, no, PPR. and then it's PPR. Okay. So, but it's it's now it's easier said than done. But the good power plays have guys who are extremely talented, which New Jersey does. But the good power plays they don't waste any time keeping the puck on the outside and dusting it off and trying to get. I want to get to my spot right away. Well, that goes back to what you said. You got to move. You got to be moving because it causes the defender's problems, and you've got to get people in front of the net. You've got to own the inside of the ice. That small ice game is important when you've got the power play. Of course. But again, if you're not shooting and you're no threat to the net, then then penalty kills will just pressure the hell out of you. New Jersey has a heck of a young American player. Uh, Chris Chelios says Patrick Kane will go down as the greatest American player in hockey history, as Chris Chelios was honored with the number 7 jersey being retired by the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, many would say Chris Chelios is uh, the greatest American ever uh, to play the game. Nominees would be Patrick Kane, Mike Medano, uh, Chris Chelios would be in those uh, conversations. Brett Hull is not American. He doesn't count. He's American. Yeah, he counts. Yeah, American. He is, well, he's only American he, he because he America. got cut by the Canadian World Junior Dave team. King. Yeah, Dave King. No, it wasn't World Junior. It was the... Uh, was the Olympic team? I think it was, or, or the, but it was Dave King was was the one who cut him and and uh, or didn't didn't pick him, and and Brett's held that against him all the time. Um, there's 
the one thing that we're seeing from American players is that they're becoming better and better and better and more skilled. I, and we, you and I have talked about the American Development Program. Um, I've been saying for five years now that Patrick Kane is the best American player to ever play the game. In fact, I said it on the air this year when we were talking about Patrick Kane and Randy said, hey, Drew, on the air, Randy went, hey, Drew, Mike Medano's on the phone for you right now. <laughs> so <laughs> but Mike was an incredible player. There's a lot of great players. You look at Leach, um, you know, as being one of the Phil great ones of all time. Phil Housley, one of the great ones of all time, without a doubt. But to me, Patrick Kane um, and the way he played and what he did was – um, tremendous, and he's got the championships to back it up, which we always seem to to put in high regard, and we should. So for me, Patrick Kane's been that guy for quite a few years. The other thing that he mentioned yesterday, Chris Chilios, and this will this should get a. I I thought about it immediately when he said it. That Cami Granada was there, the assistant general manager of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, your team, uh, wife of Ray Ferraro sister of the great Tony Granato, who's fighting leukemia right now, but was on the TNT broadcast. He looked great. But anyway. He was talking to Sidney Crosby. Yeah, it was really good back and forth because he coached, he coached the assistant coach in, in Pittsburgh for a while. Um, Chris said that the greatest woman hockey player was Cammy Granato. So I was thinking maybe we would have a, you know, that would, people in Saskatchewan would be in an uproar but they didn't see the 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 ceremonies. Cammy was a hell of a player. Cammy yeah, was, was a hell of a player, though. <laughs> That's biased, though. Right? Well, yeah, they're, 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 the Chilios and Granado family are very, very close. Yeah, but it was a very nice ceremony. But I'm wondering where Marie. Sorry, this, I'm, I'm taking. I'm uh, I'm wondering where Mary Philippe Poulin is going to go down as greatest. Of all time, after how many great goals uh, she has scored uh, in her career? You know my my standing on the greatest of all time arguments. I think it's a fool's errand to even have that discussion. Yeah, but it's so much fun. Is it really? Is it? (laughs) I take incredible joy in the greatest of all time conversations they're just they're the they're the unwinnable argument it's the, well, you we just it, had it with everybody Curling. ties himself up in gordian knots to to try to you know unravel this that and the other thing and it's to me it's just a complete waste of time let's just go there because what happens is in those arguments you start dismissing the other person and their accomplishments in order to boost your own argument well you start off with the they're all great players, but who's the greatest of them all? That is, that's what it is. They're all greats, but who's the greatest of them all? Now, it's it's regions uh, regency bias as well. Oh. Like with Haley yeah. Wickenheiser here, uh, Quebec would say Marie Philippe Poulin, America would say Cami Granado, and we just had this with with curling. Jennifer Jones, greatest of all time, and everybody in Saskatchewan goes, "It's Sandra Schmerler." Shut up about Jennifer Jones. <laughs> Everybody in Nova Scotia is going, Colleen Jones is better than Jennifer Jones. What are you even talking about? So that's part of the debate as well. Yeah. It's a silly debate because any debate that's unwinnable was a silly debate to me. Okay. Um, Drew. Yeah. What are you mad at now? The Toronto Maple Leafs are on a seven-game winning streak. Yes, they they are. Yes, they are. And they needed it more than anybody i mean they were feeling they were feeling the heat we talked a lot about the Oilers streak we talked a lot about the canuck streak so we should give the toronto maple leafs 
fair time uh, here on the radio on a seven-game winning streak for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, the the New York Rangers upped them, of course, being the New York Well, they Rangers just lost. So, yeah, yeah, they just lost, but they're 9-1. and one. They went, had won 10 in a row, and they just lost. But, yeah, they, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they had they lost Morgan Riley to that un turn their season around suspension turn their season around the unfair terrible suspension the guy deserved it without a and that's doubt what they're saying snap. that I know galvanized the group yeah. was the yeah. five game yeah. suspension I'm like what you, honestly you never know honestly you, ne- you they you know there is the timing is not coincidental their timing since Morgan Riley's gone out has has been. Um, they, they're they're on a streak, and so hand it to them. If it takes that to galvanize you, then good on you, and you found something to rally around. Great. And we always thought the Toronto Maple Leafs were going to be good, but you've got a long way to go to me when you watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play and you watch the Florida Panthers play or the New York Rangers or the Boston Bruins and go, hmm, do they really have the moxie to compete with those guys? No. That's, that's, the, that's the answer I come up with. And goaltending. Well. They don't have the goaltending either. No. Moxie or goaltending. Um, but they're playing good hockey. I But I, that's what Very I was good. looking yep. at. The teams they will have to run into in the playoffs, if they started today, they're going up against the Florida Panthers in round number one. It was the team that ousted them in round number two last year. And maybe it's Boston uh, that they take on in round number one. But, uh, of course, uh, they've been able to get by uh, the Bruins. So i tell you what, though, the the Florida Panthers, that's a a team that we're all going to end up hating because of the way they play. Well, Nick because Cousins they, finally got his. So he finally got his, but yeah. still, he's going to keep coming back, and he's going to run somebody else from behind. The way they play, they they've got—they're the most identifiable team in the National Hockey League. They have an identity, and they play to it all the time. That's why they're success, and that's why. Are they your favorite to make like, the Stanley Cup final again out of the East, no, like they did last year, no. or is that the New no, York Rangers? I don't have—I don't have a favorite. You know that. Oh, I don't know. I thought I was going to. I don't know. was going to get him to make a pick, ladies and gentlemen. Always hey, trying thing, to hear get that Remenda prediction uh, here on the Green Zone. The other thing, though, great to see Detroit Red Wings are right now currently number one in the uh, wild card. It's been this is a team that was the team of the '90s. They are eight years out of a playoff spot right now. They're sitting in the number one wild card position. Pretty impressive. Uh, and they have a pretty good cushion too on that wild card. Uh, yeah. Like if the playoffs ended today, the Lightning are technically in the number 2 wild card cuz Philly uh but 62 points is the Devils. So 7 and 8 points back respectively for that. Like Devils they don't have a goalie. Yeah. They why aren't they, they trading for Jacob Markstrom? Yeah. I don't understand this. They couldn't get the deal done. They couldn't why? get Why? Get it oh, done. Well, Offer more. Yeah. Get a goalie there. They couldn't couldn't get the deal done. This is the most so. obvious trade in NHL trade deadline yeah. history, and it may not be made. But we'll see what other deals uh, they uh, come up with. As by the way, the NHL trade deadline next Friday on the eighth is the NHL trade deadline. But usually, uh, the trades, the big ones, are made uh, the week or the week weeks ahead of going ahead. into yeah. deadline day. 
Because yeah. general managers have realized, why if we trade him for the final six weeks of the season, why wouldn't we want him for eight weeks, eight or nine weeks uh, in the let's season? Get to our spot. Let's get him in. Let's get him in. Let's make sure we get we get him acclimatized, and let's make sure we get more points and get a better playoff situation where we got home dates and make more money. Coming up, it is our game of the night on nine eighty CJME and six fifty CKOM. Jamie and I, Drew Remenda with you. Our game of the night here on the Green Zone will be in Edmonton, Alberta, where the Edmonton Oilers taking on the L.A. Kings tonight. Uh, the Oilers on a bit of a losing streak. Uh, the Kings have turned some things around since the All-Star break, winners of seven of their last ten. But these two teams are tied for third place in the Pacific Division. The other t- team would be a wild card team. So it's these two points, four-point night in the uh, National Hockey League between uh, these two teams, uh, the Kings and the Oilers, our game of the night. Who we got tonight, Drew? <laughs> I just hope they both have fun. Jim. No, you don't. They both fired they your both friends. They, you hope they both lose. I hope that somehow they both manage to lose. I hope that, that all the skate blades break and nobody can play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and Jay was Todd's assistant, right? Yes, back in yeah. the day, they, yeah. they were they were together in Detroit with with Mike Babcock when they won the Stanley Cup, and then Todd brought Jay to San Jose, and then they went to uh, Edmonton together, and then Jay went to uh, coach in Bakersfield where he uh, um, developed players, and also they captured the Calder Trophy, the Calder Cup down there. Todd went on to uh, to the. Los Angeles Kings. Either way, they're both going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Well, they're going to reunite, aren't they? Like they're going to reunite, I, I, go I somewhere, know. coach yeah. together once, again. Once, once you become a head coach, I don't know if you go back to the end. You know my my thoughts on assistants and they head can bring head a new a new young video coach, sixty two year old Drew Romendo, along for the ride. <laughs> like Todd McClellan told me once, if I would if I would hire my best friends, Kelly Chase would be one of my assistant coach. <laughs> Because he and Kelly were really close, right? So, by the way, Chase, you're thinking about you, buddy. So uh, he's he's saying, "I'm never going to hire you, Drew Remenda." That was what he Basically, said. Basically, that's McClellan. what he that's 